This is Raptors Shootaround. It's on to the finals. Raptors and the NBA Finals live here. Yes, Kai. Wow, what does a Friday Yes Guy sound like? How about this? Oh, Yes Guy. That had an uppercut to it. That was a Yes Guy with an uppercut. Yes Guy. Because that's what the Raptors want to do to the Golden State Warriors tonight. In Game 4, the old uppercut. And, you know, this is the, the popular question of the day. By the way, Jim Taddy with you until noon. Narad, um, our producer, is, uh, well, we're barely awake. Narad, my hair is not awake yet. It's just, it's just My facial now. hair is not awake yet. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> so is my facial hair. Um, the guy, my, what, Mark Stevens? Steinmetz. No, 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 no. The, the fan. Yeah, the yeah fan. Mark's, well, quote unquote, the fan the, slash owner yeah, the, slash. The, the Mr. Rich man. Mr. Entitlement. Exactly. So, so what, what did you, how did you describe what he does? He's a venture capitalist. Oh, and now he's a misadventure capitalist. Because he, <laughs> he just wiped himself out. Exactly. Wow. Okay, go back to sleep. Anyway, uh, the U.S. media narrative of uh, uh, putting, uh, they, they want to they sort of say, well, this is, uh, for lack of a better phrase, a Fugazi championship if the Raptors win because uh, all the Warriors are hurt. Oh, really, guy? I mean, come on. You want to go do a CSI and all the championships that have been won? And, and uh, you know, when you describe how do you win a championship in any of these professional sports leagues, number one on your list is you have to be healthy. Not everybody is healthy. And so the Warriors themselves have won at least one title due to injury on the other side against Cleveland. And so, you know, this is just another one. Oh, it's a Canadian team. But by the way, who invented the game? What, what country was that individual from that invented the game of basketball? Oh, Right here. Oh, sorry, guy. Wow. Clay Thompson returning tonight, and uh, the obligatory question would be, what's he going to do? And, and I wish I could tell you. I have no idea, uh, but I always assume that if you're playing and you've declared yourself ready to go, you are ready to go. You would expect that he's going to do what, whatever he can physically possibly do. And, and you know, you, there might be some limitations on that, but I don't think they're going to be noticeable. Um, having said that, uh, you know, it's up to the Raptors to test that, but you don't want to take too much time trying to figure out what kind of shape Clay Thompson is in because that gets you off what you're doing. And uh, when you look at what the Raptors do, it's pretty impressive. The full look, right? And so that's what we had in the last game, the full look. Everybody bought in. And uh, the only theory I could sort of semi-come up with here is, um, is that because there's only a day between these two games, three and four, that maybe the fumes of, of the, the residue from the Raptors' performance, meaning that everybody was firing on all cylinders, maybe, maybe that carries over. I know people will tell you there's no carryover from one game to the next, but it's, it's like the, the game three just ended. So, so maybe there is carryover. Um, and as far as uh, the Warriors go, you always respect the champion. You defer to a champion. They will fight back. If anything, I think the one thing we do know is the Warriors are going to get 109 points tonight because that's what they've done in three games so far. You know the scores. Uh, just let me go back on my page and find them. Uh, yeah, game one was 118-109. Game two, 109-104 for the Warriors. And la- uh, the last game, 123-109. So, yeah, we're pretty well rest assured that the Warriors will come up with 109 points. Pretty well rest assured that Steph Curry will empty the tank again. What a performance that was in Game 3. We did some sort of a number search. Uh, Rad, you had him on the floor for how many points out of the 109? 63 of the 109 points. So that's the 47 plus whatever the 7 assists got, right? Yeah, 7 assists. Some of them led to 2-point baskets. A lot of them led to 3-point shots. So 63... Out of 109, what percentage is that? Like 65%? 
Something like that. Well, not, not, not something like that. Let, let's just do some math here. Um, so let me do. It, it's hard with the hair not awake, but l- let me do this here. Uh, Sixty-three. Uh, okay, let me, and divided by. No, I did. I did it wrong. Uh, we'll figure it out when we're in break. We'll figure out what the percentage is. But I got to believe. It's, I got it right here, Jim. Yeah, it's fifty-eight percent. Fifty-eight percent. So when I said sixty, I wasn't that far off. So no, 50, you were not. Fifty-eight percent. Your hair might not be awake, but your mind calculator. The is. mind, the mind never sleeps, which is a dangerous thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, it's. I mean, in the middle of the night, hey, it's, no, no, guy, go back to sleep. It, it's just not, not a good thing. Uh, what other angles here? Uh, the Raptors are six and one when Gasol scores in double figures this postseason. Uh, does he need to look for his shot more? That's an intriguing question. I, you know, you always think of this guy as a defensive gem, and uh, obviously the points are a bonus. Seventeen points in the last game, and. Throw in Green's 18. I mean, that's 35 points, and normally I think they might come up with, with what, 10 or 15 uh, on an off night. So that's a, that's a pretty big sway. So, I mean, there's all kinds of sways here. Uh, it's not just one. It's not just, uh, you know, 60% of the offense comes out of Steph Curry, and then these guys chip in with 35 points. Uh, it's all related. And, uh, and, you know, you do do a reset on each game. So, you know, again, everybody understands that the, the, the Warriors are not in a – must-win situation, but they're in a need-win situation, and the same would describe the Raptors. Do they have to win this? No. I think at the start of the series, and, and I, this is what I said, if they were 2-2 two and two after 4, more than acceptable, then you reduce it to a best 2 out of 3 with 2 out of the 3 on your home court. I mean, that's, uh, that's almost a dream right there, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, if you told me at the beginning of the series that Raptors will come back home to Game 5, 2-2, two, two, I'll give you a high-five and I'll be a happy man. Oh, sorry to hear that. <laughs> Coming up in the broadcast, uh, we have Matt Steinmetz, and he is the host on 95.7 The Game, flagship station of the Warriors and host of NBA This Week podcast. Uh, what else do we have? At 11 o'clock, we have Jack Armstrong, Twitter account at Hello Jack. At 11.20, Bruce Arthur from the Toronto Star. At 11.40, Blake Murphy from The Athletic. As uh, it is game day in the San Francisco Oakland area, you know what? I, I I didn't talk to you about this, but I did find on YouTube boy, one of the opening uh, the opening credit thing with the music and, and the 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 big voice announcer for an old TV show called The Streets of San Francisco. Uh, just really campy network television, which was big in its day. But when you listen to it now, and I hope you can play it for me at some point, you go, "Wow, that's really uh, that's old stuff." But uh, Michael Douglas was in the streets of San Francisco. Michael D- Douglas did television. Do you believe that? Well, you have to. It's true. And Carl Malden, the uh, the original gruff veteran. Does it remind you of anybody? The gruff veteran. Uh, train magic infringement here, but no guy. Oh, guy. Wow. <laughs> I like that. I, didn't you like the yes guy off the top? The uppercut yes guy? Yes guy. It woke my hair up. Oh, well, that's... It's another benefit of original material. Uh, let's hear some uh, comments from yesterday. Nick Nurse uh, in the shoot-around portion of yesterday's media stuff, and James Duffy asked Nurse if he was thinking about his mother when he got the emotional uh, when he got emotional at the end of uh, the last game, not game one, the last game, right? Yes, guy. Oh, okay, guy. Then roll it. Yeah, I was, and and um, she she obviously was um, passed away during the season. Um, in our West Coast road trip, uh, she she didn't look, live long enough to see me get the head coaching job, and and you know was a huge huge part of um, I mean like any mom right she went to 
every game I played when I was younger and when I played in college. Uh, my senior year, my dad retired early so they could go to every every single game home and away, um, put a lot of miles on the car and all that kind of stuff. But the, they were they were big fans, and um, obviously it was uh, um, a big tough win yesterday, and and um, and uh, she's on my mind every day. But she was a little more after her her birthday the other, the, the day before. Mr. Crick, USA Today. Um, Kawhi said that he wasn't aware that Clay wasn't going to play until right before tip-off. I was just curious what you guys were able to exploit on the offensive end without him on the floor. Well, you know, we didn't know. We had him on the board as a starter when we left the locker room um, because he was active, right? And... uh, we, we just, we just, you know, it doesn't like we were trying to exploit anything. We said, oh, you know, we're changing. Anything. We just, we're just trying to play um, with some pace and some space and hit the open man a little better. Um, you know, l- like they are, we you learn some things about how you need to play against these teams each each and every game. And then it's a matter of can you do it. And then it really becomes a matter of can you make the shots at the end of it. And I think we did a really good job of that last night. We moved the ball a lot better. And we made more shots than we did in game two. And um, that was a big part of the offensive success. I think all six scorers shot more than 50% of the field. How much do you think that Clay being out contributed to that? or was they just Well, he's, he, I mean, he's a great defender. I think um, he's one of the best right up there at the top of of the best wing defenders in the league. I, I mean, he's probably underrated in that department. I mean, he, he really puts in some awesome defensive performances for them, especially when they really need him. Um, so probably helped us. Mark, over here. Yeah, uh, Mark Berman, New York Post. Uh, how did you take uh, the reaction uh, to your box and one defense where it seems like a lot of people were kind of mocking it even though it was successful it seemed it just roll, rolled off your back I mean how did you react to all the <clears throat> the the mocking it seemed yeah I mean listen I don't really care is I don't really give a crap is my is my line like I mean if if things work I don't care if we go out there and four guys stand on their head and we get a stop right and it, it was very effective. The only basket they got against it was a three-pointer by Iguodala with eight seconds to go or something like that. Third row on the right. Simone Sandri, Gazzetta dello Sport, Italy. Um, I'm right here. Um, how challenging was the psychological approach to the game last night? In, uh, in a situation where your opponent is missing major pieces, sometimes there's a bit of overconfidence creeping in. And instead, you guys were really concentrated from the get going and you kind of set the tone in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, I think um, that's, that's the way you got to be. Um, there, there's a lot of scenarios now, maybe more than. than um, in the past, I mean, we had a lot of games where we were missing our key guys this year. I think Kawhi missed 20-some. Kyle missed 20-some. We played against a lot of teams where guys are in and out. It's, it's, it's happening. So you, you just, I don't know, you can't really let it affect you. You got, you got to go play the game 
no matter who's out there. And at this this time of year, everybody's going to play really hard, and everybody's got good players. Um, so I'm glad that we didn't let it affect us. Eric, it's critical. Games are critical right now. Eric on the right. Hey, Nick. Eric Curry in The Athletic. Um, you'll be pleased to know that Steph said there was nothing janky about your defensive strategy on him last night. Uh, <laughs> uh, with Clay being out, how much extra attention were you guys able to spend on Steph? Uh, and how do you think your guys did in executing that plan, obviously? We had, he had, 40, many he had points. 47 <laughs> points, Eric. I don't know if we did had enough attention on him or... We had anything going on him, to be honest with you, but um, but I, I was I was happy with more with um, we just wanted to play more solid defense, right? And that that for us means getting it set up, getting some pressure on the ball, contesting shots of all players, right? You know that 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 to me I thought our shot contests were great all the way across the board, um, and that was a big big key. Steve in the back left. Nick, uh, Steve Simmons, Toronto Sun. Uh, Kawhi was taking uh, between 21 and 23 shots a game in the last two rounds. Uh, he's down to 17 now. Is that the plan? Is that intentional or is that just circumstantial? Well, the, 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 um, <clears throat> there's never a plan of like X amount of shots, a specific plan. Right? You guys have heard me say I'd like to have Kyle take 10 threes every, every night. Um, but the plan is, is that you attack them. Um, when you draw multiple defenders, do your best to get off it because you've done your job. If you've, if you've drawn multiple, you know, two guys or three guys, you've really done your job and hit the open man and play from there. He's probably getting a lot more double teams this series than he than he has in the past, so that's going to limit his shots. But I also think, especially last night, he did a he did a better job of getting off it a little earlier, and it helped us. That is Nick Nurse as he spoke yesterday, and I just love listening to him speak. I mean, I, I just sort of wrote down three bullet points out of what he said there over the last five minutes. He paid tribute to his late mother, uh, and, and you know there are a lot of people that would like to say they're self-made. Believe me, there's nobody that's self-made in this world. Uh, and and so when you have those those moments, you think back to who who gave you life, who made it, I guess workable, or who provided the path for you to follow. And that would certainly be in most cases your parents. Uh, the other thing that he got into was um, not taking credit or, or not caring about how people assess what he was doing with the box and one. Totally excellent answer. Who cares? When you're a champion, you do what you need to do to win. The rest of it doesn't matter. There are a bunch of people that like to think they're smart and go around and say, well, I did this. Big deal. Did it work? That, that's the only thing that matters. And the other one was the injuries. You know, you can spend a lot of time about the Warriors and who's not in the lineup. But the fact of the matter is, for the Raptors to win, they have to be the best they, have to be the best they can be. And they certainly were in games one and two. And we'll see what happens the rest of the way. Uh, by the way, t- tonight's game, you can watch on TSN 1, 3, 4, and 5. Uh, we will have uh, halftime, commercial-free halftime, and the postgame right here on TSN 1050. You're listening to Raptors Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Double dribble music. Hello, hello. <laughs> Raptors shoot around. TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. Jim Taddy with you till noon. 
The flagship station of the Warriors is 95.7 The Game. Matt Steinmetz is here from 95.7 The Game. He's also the host of the NBA This Week podcast. Matt, how are you this morning, sir? Uh, doing well. How are you guys? Uh, let me check. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. A little apprehensive. Uh, from When you go back over Why? the... Why? Well, because... Why you are you know, apprehensive? Just because... You guys got the Warriors on the ropes. I, okay. Are you admitting that? Sure. Uh, absolutely. This is, a, this is the... Uh, you know, I think the Warriors have had uh, three real challenges uh, in the last five years. The Oklahoma City Thunder, Durant's last year when they were down 3-1. Then obviously the year uh, Cleveland came back and beat the Warriors uh, when they were down 3-1. And then last year, Houston had the Warriors down 3-2. This does feel a little bit different to me uh, because obviously of the Kevin Durant injury. um, You know, he's people are calling him the best player in the world two months ago. So if you're losing the best player in the world, clearly you're vulnerable. But I also think there's a, there's like a, there's a sense that, you know, the Warriors are either going to win it this year or they're not, but then it's pretty much over. And so, like, it, it, it feels like this thing might not end the way everybody assumed it was going to end at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I would buy into that. Having said that, though, you've been around sports long enough to know that, that a, a real champion somehow can come up yep. with a way when there's nothing left in the tank, and that, that's why I would be apprehensive. Well, yeah, I mean, I got asked this question a lot, you know, who – uh, who would I take right now? You know, if I have to make, if somebody made me make a bet, put my house up, I had to make the bet, I would still bet on the Golden State Warriors. But the only reason I would do that, the only reason is out of respect for what they've done the last four years. It would have nothing to do with where the Raptors are. It actually has nothing to do uh, with kind of the way things are going in this series. It would purely be based on I'm not going to lose a bet betting against the Warriors but that's not really you know, that's not any tangible uh, uh, you know information that would help them win the series you know otherwise but I you know I think the, Ra- oh, the Raptors absolutely have a chance I mean there's no doubt about that yeah, I would give them a legitimate chance with a 2-1 series lead. No question about that. Uh, but when you look at, at how these games have been played, is there, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but what are the Raptors doing that maybe you didn't think they would do? Well, I mean, there's, you know, I, I didn't think the Raptors were going to be a pushover, uh, no matter what, where the Warriors were at health-wise. Um, look, the, the Warriors, when they have Kevin Durant... Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, they are really hard to beat because most of the time, two out of three of those guys plays well enough. And then you throw in Draymond Green, who does all these intangibles. They're really hard to beat. You take Durant out of the equation, and now you're just looking at Thompson and Curry, and it's amazing. It's amazing the eye test. What is you know? You look at that team with Durant; they some they look unbeatable. Sometimes you look at him without Durant, and you say, "Well, boy, if you could, you know, if you could shut down Clay Thompson a little bit, or you can make Steph Curry a volume shooter." Well, they don't have a ton of scoring after those two guards. Uh, if Kevin Durant's not playing, you know, Draymond Green and Iguodala are terrific. They don't score. Uh, they certainly don't score consistently. So you take Kevin Durant off the team or out of the lineup, and and. They're beatable, I believe. Now you've still got to play. You got to play. You got to play well, 
but they're definitely more beatable. Their they're, they're margin for error is significantly less without Kevin Durant. Now, I'd like your take on this. Over the three games, the back-and-forth nature on the scoreboard and how these teams play, if you take out that Warriors 18 nothing run start of the second half in Game 2, I mean, it, this is like watching a, a, a boxing bout, isn't it? I actually, uh, you know, my my colleague the other day said, you know, you take out that maybe first. It was really what about the last three minutes of the first half of game two, and then the yeah. first six minutes of game of the third quarter in game two. He's like, you know, you take those nine minutes out. This this has been a Raptors series, and I I actually agree with that. I the to me the loss and. I can't really make the connection from A to B exactly, but when, when I found out Clay Thompson wasn't going to play for game three, my first thought was the Toronto guards are, are, are going to have better games. I, I, and I realized that, that Clay Thompson guarded Kawhi Leonard a little bit because, um, you know, guys are guarding different guys, but he, he spent some time on Kawhi Leonard. But when Clay Thompson, you don't have Clay Thompson available to defend a backcourt player. The Warriors are then the Warriors again are really vulnerable defensively back there because you know Clay can Clay will do a great job on a Kyle Lowry he'll do a great job on a on a Danny Green, um, but you take him out and now you put in a Sean Livingston or a Quinn Cook well now all of a sudden the Warriors backcourt is very poor defensively uh, you know Curry's okay but he's he's. He's below average when he's got to take 31 shots on the offensive end. You know, if he's playing his normal game, he, I think he's an average defender. But, you know, in a game like la- the other night when he's got to carry the offensive load and they don't have Clay Thompson, all of a sudden they're not very good in the backcourt defensively. And Toronto exposed that a little bit. Uh, what's your guess on, on what kind of shape Clay Thompson is in? I mean, I would just go with the, the theory that if he's going to play, he's going to play. He's not going to be hobbled. He's, he's going to make a contribution tonight, isn't he? I would think that, uh, you know, I would think that that's a great question. You know, I've been asked so much, when's Durant going to play? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you feel guilty saying, yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea when he's going to play. But as far as Clay goes, I will say this, of, of Durant and Curry and Draymond Green, he's the most durable. He's been the most resilient. He's been the most, uh, most of an Iron Man uh, of that group. He's really, really tough. He's very competitive, even though, uh, you know, he doesn't really play the part of that. Uh, I think he's going to be – the bottom line is this, is if he runs up and down the court the first two minutes of the game and we say, oh, boy, he, he doesn't look to be moving, that, that's a problem. I mean, that's going to be a problem for the Warriors because then, then the, the Raptors have every reason to just attack him and to try to, you know – exploit him but if he you know it's, he's kind of like a rubber band he's built you know he's like a rubber band so he might be fine um so i'm you know but that's obviously going to be a big part of uh of tonight's game is, is what he's able to do yeah i mean there's anticipation on that you want to see the first couple of minutes uh you know with a hamstring uh you have to sort of defer to the medical staff but they would know the severity of it uh you know did, obviously didn't look good when he went out but he said five days so should be okay i would think yeah, but the, the, here's the other thing. You know what they say about hamstrings? They say, you know, if you if you get, have a hamstring injury, when it when it feels better, give it another week. Yeah. Because you know you, the the worst thing you want to do is restretch it or or tear it. So, I mean, 
it's clear that he thought he could play Wednesday um, because you could just tell that he was really upset that he that he wasn't allowed to play. So I, I think he'll be I think he'll be good enough tonight that we won't really say, boy, he's seventy percent. But I I got to see him, you know, I got to see him be himself too to think he's back to normal. Chatting with Matt Steinmetz, host of ninety, uh, host on ninety five point seven, the game flagship station of the Warriors. Matt, I have to go down this road. Uh, the, the minority interest owner Stevens. Uh, mm-hmm. How did all that play out in your area? Um, it played out poorly. It was an awful look for the uh, for the organization. More more specifically for that gentleman. You know, I, I've actually been thinking a lot about that and. Uh, well, here's what here's what I think it, it is. It's I think we're in an age where there's like an over identifying with pro teams, pro athletes, uh, from the fans and from like the people around the sport. I, you, you see it on Twitter. You see it in social media. You see how like the dialogue has gotten more coarse, like more confrontational, more kind of controversial, more. Um, you know, it's not enough for the Warriors to win back-to-back titles. You know, the fan base needs to denigrate uh, James Harden uh, on the way there. They need to make fun of LeBron James. They need, you know, they, it's it's not just good enough uh, to win. And what happens is that the fans and the the people around the team they they think they're part of the team. Hmm. You know, they, they, that they're overly identifying, thinking they're actually on the team. And I realize the guy's a minority owner, but he's not on the team. He's not a player. And so I just think somebody's sitting in that front row and they're watching the game and they're, they're kind of thinking they're a part of it, even though they're not a part of it. And then the next thing you know, here comes a Raptor, uh, and he's right next to you, and you, you just find yourself doing something stupid like pushing him and saying, you know, Get out of here like you were Draymond Green. I mean, that's I mean that's really what I think occurred. Yeah, I can't like it's so funny. On the one hand, I, I I can't fathom how anybody would do that. On the other hand, I think I could easily see that. You know, you're in you're on the front row. You think you're you know you think you're on the team and you're rooting crazy. And here comes Kyle Lowry, and now you're going to be kind of a like a tough guy like. Anybody can be on social media or, uh, you know, on TV or on the radio. I, I, that's what I kind of think uh, happened. But I, just a terrible look for the Warriors, yeah, really. Some sort of weird entitlement. But, and with the penalty, the, yes. the, the, fine, yes. the fine and the suspension for or the you can't attend this year and next year, is that enough for you? I mean, you know what? Honestly, I, I, am, I don't know. I mean, I really – I mean, I guess so. It sounds – yeah, I, I would almost like defer to Kyle Lowry on that. Yeah. And by the way, here's one thing I'm going to do today on my radio show, and I'm dead serious. Uh, you know, Warrior fans, uh, you know, they, they have a reputation of being great, but I, I want to see what they do tonight because I think, I think if I were a Warrior fan tonight, believe it or not, uh, I would give Kyle Lowry a standing ovation when he got introduced. Yeah. And the reason I would do that is because I looked at that thing about six or eight times, and I'll be a son of a gun if I, th- if I don't think that, you know, in the heat of the moment, if somebody did that to me, I, I might have I done something back. I might have retaliated. It, like, I don't know how, but the way he handled it, uh, he couldn't have handled it any better. He really couldn't have. And so 
Um, you know, I, 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 I think that would be the, the, a great gesture from the Warrior fans tonight because Lowry actually de-escalated the situation. Yeah, I mean, heat of the moment in a big game on the road, uh, that, that's a, an opportunity to, to lose it right there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know what? The, the, they didn't show the replays right away, but after it happened, they showed Lowry on the court. And, uh, and I was at the game, but I'm looking at Lowry – uh, you know, on the court, and you could tell he was like shaking his head, like smiling, like you got to be kidding me! I can't believe that. Like you know what you did? Like he knew that the guy did something, but he just, you know, he had a game to play, yeah. and he had to get back into the game. But you could tell just by the way he was acting, and I'm talking about Kyle Lowry, that something happened. You know, it wasn't nothing. He wasn't making it up. So. And the, the individual wasn't escorted out like right away. It took some some time, and probably a matter of minutes before somebody came over and tapped him and said, "You're out of here," right? Uh, yeah, exactly. It was like a minute or two. Um, how important is this game to how the series ends? I mean, you know, you could build a story. It's either tied at two or three one, but is, is this the game that tips it? Well. Uh... I mean, that's a great question. I, you know, I think, you know, obviously the pressure goes back to the Warriors uh, tonight. They can't get down 3-1. But this is another thing. I, you know, when people say, oh, the pressure's on the Warriors tonight, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, you know, the pressure was on the Raptors on Wednesday because, you know, they can't lose a game without Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson playing and Kevon Looney. Well, so what that the pressure was on them? They responded, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the pressure's on the Warriors tonight, but that's not necessarily a bad thing for the Warriors because uh, you know great great players and great teams can rise to, rise to the occasion. So i I expect the I expect the Warriors to be champions tonight, but I don't I don't think they're a lock to win the game because um, I think Toronto's starting to gain some some confidence. Matt, it's early for you. Thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You guys have a good day. You too. Thank you. Matt Steinmetz from 95.7 The Game, flagship station of the Warriors. He also hosts the NBA This Week podcast at Steinmetz NBA is the Twitter account. And this is Raptor Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Oh, yeah. Yes, guy. Raptor Shootaround continues. Matt Steinmetz in the last segment brought up an interesting point. How will Kyle Lowry be received when he's introduced tonight? And the classy thing to do would be give him a round of applause, maybe a standing O. You want to think about that. Um, You know, when you sit in front of this thing, the mic, uh, if you're lucky, you're blessed with a split-second delay, which I was born with. I don't know why, but I was. And, And so as you go to say, think, or do something, there's always that little line that comes across my forehead that says, yeah, how would you explain that? And, and so when you're Mark Stevens, you would say, uh, as you're going to bed, uh, here's what I did today. Oh, yeah, I pushed an athlete in-game at a key moment. I mean, how do you, like, dude, <laughs> where are you going? How do you justify any of that? You, you pushed an athlete, seriously. Why would you do that? Even if it was, like, in the hallway, would you push an athlete? I don't think so. Like, the deck, the, the deck is kind of stacked, right? It, you can't compete. Sorry. He's an athlete. You aren't. Who's going to win this? 
just ridiculous. Anyway, everybody said their piece to say on it. That was mine. Uh, there's a little theory going around at the NBA Finals, and, and I guess it's media-driven. Kawhi Leonard, Michael Jordan, uh, there's a comparison going on there, and Kawhi was asked about that yesterday. I mean, I've never been, you know, one of those guys that, you know, growing up in high school, getting all the media and the college media. So I don't really think my legacy is going to ever reach the potentials of Michael Jordan and, you know, how the media fought them since they were a rookie. But um, as far as me, just, I just want to play and just let people remember that, um, you know, I played hard uh, both ends of the, on both ends of the floor. I was a winner. And, um, you know, that's basically it. I'm just just here enjoying uh, my dream and having fun. Um, I mean, legacy is going to be opinionated by, you know, each person. Um, but I'm just playing and worried about myself, really, and what I feel, um, what makes me happy. But is it important to you how things have changed in the last um, few years and how you've been portrayed in the media? Um, it really didn't matter. Um, I didn't make a decision off the media or, you know, what people thought thought of me. I, like I said, I made it off my own personal views and what I've seen and how I felt as a person to make myself happy. Just wanted to get your view from one two-way player to another. Just what you see in Clay's game that makes him so special defensively. Um... Just wanting to do it, I guess. Uh, you know, moving his feet, uh, you know, contesting shots, wanting to play defense. Um, you know, quick feet, like I said. Um, you know, and that's what makes you a good defender. Just want to be able to do it, um, locking into your opponent, and you know, you want to make a stop. So effort is the key piece to you in terms of why people are good defenders and why they're not. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, the skill comes into play. Like I said, having quick feet, um, you know, ever able to read uh, shots, um, contesting. Michael, back left. Kawhi, Michael Grange from Sportsnet. Uh, how much more are you convinced of this team's ability to win a title now than when, say, you were when the playoffs started? Um, I mean, it's the same mindset. Um, if we didn't feel like we could be here, we wouldn't be here right now. Um, simple as that. I have the same confidence. Um, you can't let losses or wins affect that. Um, it's about, you know, what you think and feel that's in your body, your inner thoughts, and, you know, what you portray to your team and what your portray uh, team is, you know, telling, telling, um, telling you and what we all feel, and, you know, that's why we're here. We have confidence. Just as a follow-up, I mean, everyone wants to get a split on the road and kind of job done. How valuable, how important would it be to win both here at Oracle? I mean, it'd be very important. I mean, there'll be a third win, and you need four to win. Uh, you already know how important that is. It's 3-1. You know, you had you played for one of the greatest coaches of all time, and Greg Popovich, and now you're playing for Nick Nurse first year. I mean, how impressed have you been with how he's handled his first year as coach? And do you think maybe is underappreciated? Uh, I mean, 
he's done a great job. We're in the finals his first year. I mean, what else could you expect? Uh, I won from a first-year coach other than a championship. Uh, I mean, I think he handled himself well. I really don't know what people are portraying of him. I don't read the media or see what you guys are saying about him. So, But I think he's been doing a great job. Kawhi Leonard, we should call him Cool Kawhi. I mean, this guy is, I mean, he's just got everything in perspective. Uh, what we, Arad, what was that line about, if, if you win tonight? He was asked, what happens if you win tonight? And he said, that'll be our third win, and we need four to win. Perfect. You know, Matter of fact. Yeah, I, you know, you learn so much from listening to these guys. They're in the heat of the moment. And when you're on the side of the road or, or in the stands or wherever, in the press box, you, you look at, at things and at, because you're analyzing retrospectively from the end of the equation. Uh, the athlete and the coach has the full equation. It understands that you have to do a number of things a certain way. They don't always work out, but that doesn't mean you change them. But we're always sort of, well, you know, on that play, okay, but it didn't work that time. It worked five other times, and, and they have the right perspective. That's why I always say that, you know, and, and Nick Nurse got into this about taking credit for things. Who cares? It doesn't really matter. A lot of people like to have style points, and while he did this and, and I'm going to do that, it, people that, that are involved in these things are there. They understand exactly what happens to make it work or not work, and there's it's like a, a level of honesty that is sort of not comp- comparable to anything else. You're in the moment. You understand why it didn't work. And people can put whatever spin they want on it. It doesn't really matter. It worked or it worked or it didn't work, right? Does that make any sense? That makes, like, full sense. And, you know, this is one of the reasons this seems so successful is because they have that short memory of, okay, it worked, it didn't work. Let's move on. Let's go to the next thing. And, and you know, going back to what he said, yeah, it's, it's win number three. Well, no NBA championship has been awarded after three wins. So exactly, it doesn't yeah. matter. And, and, you know, the Warriors have been through all kinds of, you know, they either up 3-1 or down 3-1. They've written the book on this stuff. So no new scenario for them. They're used to it. I mean, what other pro sports franchise has been in their finals four years in a row outside of the Warriors? No other team. Well, I mean, that's uh, Patriots territory almost, isn't it? I mean, that's it, that kind of di- dynasty, right? That, that's, that's what they're on the edge of, and that's why you have to defer to them with respect because if they were to come back and win this thing, they, they have raised the franchise to a new level, an official dynasty. The three-peat has been done, let's say since 1980, the three-peat has been done by Jordan's Bulls, Showtime's Lakers, and Kobe and Shaq Lakers. That's the territory they'll be in. Well, and they'd love to be there, wouldn't they? Who wouldn't? Yeah. Uh, Freddie V is an interesting story. 11 points in the last game, 33 minutes. Uh, really, when you go back over the last six games he's played, uh, returning to the form that made him a, a go-to guy in the regular season and was missing in action for whatever reason earlier on in the playoffs, but he showed up at the right time. Uh, Freddie Van Vliet was uh, asked uh, what he has learned in the finals. It started last year, like, for the playoffs, um, just really learning, like, margin of error and how mentally locked in and just the, the excellence it takes to win in, in the postseason is, is, is uh, it's very tight. It's very tight. One possession can change a series. And with that, you know, th- those type of stakes, it takes a different level of, of uh, mental focus and, and physical performance. So I think just like being engulfed in, in the excellence that it takes to keep winning at a high level for a long time. Uh, postseason is about two months long, so um, you have to be playing at a really high level for a long time. 
and uh, that's been something that that just try to keep keep in mind the entire time. Obviously, three one is dangling out there, so the key then is just not get ahead of yourselves. Yeah, I mean, I don't. We we don't get it. We haven't got ahead of ourselves the whole year. Um, we haven't got ahead of ourselves in the playoffs, and it's not going to start now. So, um, you know, we're up two one, and we're on the road, and we just want to try to get another win. We're not thinking about you know the rest of the series. We're thinking about game four um, and trying to get a win against the defending champs. Fred, you had your second child during the playoffs. It's very exciting. Can you sort of talk about how kids and having kids and a family kind of helps you focus on the task at hand? Yeah, well, don't have them during the playoffs. You know, <laughs> try to plan for like you know July or August or something like that. Uh, but you know, just becoming a parent is uh, it's been the greatest thing that's happened to me in my 25 years. Um, to have two under two has been an experience, um, to say the least. And it just it gives you perspective on life. And I think that I've had a great perspective regardless before I had kids. But to have two young ones that, that kind of wash away everything else that, that's going on. When I come home, they don't care about what happened 0 for 7 or we lost or, you know, 25 points. My daughter doesn't care. She's crying. She wants to cry. And uh, especially the newborn definitely doesn't give a damn about anything <laughs> other than eating and sleeping and pooping. So, um, Are you still not giving credit to Fred Jr.? No, he gets no credit. I, I'm, I wish I could go back in time and, and not tell anyone that I, that I had a kid so I could get all the glory for <laughs> turning around my performance. But, um, no, it's, it's been great. Fred, uh, 23 straight minutes, and those weren't easy minutes chasing around one of the toughest players to guard in the league. How much were you feeling it at the end of the game? How much are you feeling it today? Just banged up a little bit. Um, nicks and bruises more than anything. I was kind of limping around for most of that second half, so I wasn't exerting as much energy as I have in the past. Um, but, you know, it's the finals, man. I could rest in, in two weeks. So, uh, you know, after after this, this series is over, I'll, I'll go home and relax and put my feet up and have a couple of drinks and, and play with my kids. But for now, I play 48 if I have to, and, and fatigue is, is not an option. To hear. That is Freddie V getting set for game four. You can watch it on TSN 1, 3, 4, and 5 on TSN 1050, commercial-free halftime, and the post-game show for game four. Coming up in the next hour, Jack Armstrong at Hello Jack is the Twitter account. Bruce Arthur from the Toronto Star and Blake Murphy from the Athletic will stop by and give us their thoughts on where this thing is going. So much anticipation in the air. It'd be nice to have a 3-1 lead. Uh, being tied at two is no uh, no big thing to, to worry about either. And if you can reduce it to a best two out of three with those two out of three on home court, or if you could push it into a situation where you could... Say it, Arad? Don't you, say it. Don't say it. Don't, don't say it. it. Where you could possibly have a good weekend. Is that better? Much, much better. Yeah, possibly have a good weekend. Flying back. I, I just... I, you know, this for me is in an altered state because... Wednesday, a short day off tomorrow, uh, yesterday, and then playing tonight. So might, it might favor somebody, but we'll have to rely on res- retrospective analysis to come up with the answer on that. Stay with us for hour number two. Jack Armstrong, Bruce Arthur, and Blake Murphy. This is Raptor Shootaround, TSN 1050.